0: Welcome into Poke the Bear, episode 126. That is Connor Ryan, Evan Marinovsky, Connor. What is up,
1: Evan? I'm doing well. How you
0: doing? Doing great, doing great, Connor. You dropped a big piece of news earlier this week on Tuesday that you are you have a new job. Congra- First of all, congratulations. I think I speak for all of the listeners as well as myself, many others. Very well deserved. Uh, it's been a long time coming and we're very I'm very happy for you. And uh, you know, how's it feel?
1: Pretty good, Evan. Pretty good. Um, yeah, it was been an interesting couple of weeks. Um, definitely a very tough decision to uh, you know, move on from Boston Sports Journal. But um again, eternally grateful to Greg and everyone else who works there who work extremely hard to bring you in-depth coverage night in and night out, Um, you know, for Greg to take a chance on me four years ago and kind of give me the keys to a, a beat job Um, full-time covering a team like the Bruins was definitely a leap of faith, but hopefully I've, uh, you know, answered the call in that regard. And I'm proud of the work I've done there of the audience I hope I've built and, you know, interacted with, and, you know, I'm going to keep going forward with. Um, So it's been Fantastic run. Again, grateful to Greg, everyone, Sean, John, uh, Brian, Rob was there. Um, you know, there's so many people along the way that have helped me out tremendously uh, during my time there. So, very thankful for that and excited to uh, take my talents, I guess, to uh, boston.com in the next couple of weeks, where I'll be, uh, again, focusing on Bruins, but also doing a little bit of everything, whether it's Celtics, Red Sox, Patriots, whatever's kind of out there, whatever. Interesting news stories are uh, out there that people are talking about. I will be right in the thick of it with that. So, really, really excited to get started. But um, for people who are worried about the the dearth of Bruins concert or anything like that, we will again keep you updated. Uh, I announced it on Twitter, but uh, to the to the doom and gloom of the haters, we will be continuing our podcast seven. So, I'll still be on Bruins beat. Of course, we'll still be running poke the bear, so that will be going strong. I will still have my daily musings, tweets. Uh, gifs, horrible memes, all that stuff daily for the Bruins, and as I said earlier, we'll still have plenty of Bruins content rolling out over Boston.com that I'm excited to share in uh, the weeks and months ahead. So again, um, to be in this spot, you know, again, thank you, thankful for BSH for taking a chance on me, but also to the readers, the listeners on this podcast, everyone that's interacted and helped, you know grow my profile as well. I mean, I wouldn't be in this spot without your guys' readership, views, listens, all that stuff. So very, very thankful for quite a few things these days, Evan. It's a good time. Yes.
0: thankful. It's a good time. I mean, again, uh, you look at I will always be impressed that, you know, you took the job and uh, you really made it your own. I mean, you you, know, you went up against The Athletic, which was also subscription-based Bruins serve, you know, not just Bruins, just like PSJ has all the sports and you competed. You were right in there and did an outstanding job. And what else is there to say? You've grown your profile a ton in the past four years. You've worked your ass off and I'm so happy for you. And I'm also so happy that we get to continue doing this. Hell we yeah. both got new jobs in the last three months and both
1: the train we, keeps on
0: rolling. We both said, can we please continue to do our podcast and credit to both of our employers? Uh, they said yes. Um, so really fun. We get to continue doing this. Um, and I look forward to seeing everything you do at Boston.com dot com and all the great work you do and across the other sports too. some Red Sox, Celtics, Patriots, maybe some revolution. I don't know. Maybe not everything.
1: But- we'll see. It's a, it's a another it's a creative fun, it's thing. It's a fun part of the job, right? You never it know is. what each new day is going to bring you.
0: Oh, it's you know, it's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Yes. Um. Anyways, though, very happy for you, and again, well deserved. Um. You know how I feel about that. Um. But anyways, on to Bruins news. Uh, there isn't a ton, but there's new developments. Pavel Zaka. We talked a little bit about this on Bruins beat. Um. Continues to be a very good secondary option for, for the second line. Now we talked a little bit about kind of, you know, do you want him long-term? Um, but for right now, that seems to be working out pretty well.
1: Yeah. I think you look at it and let's not, you know, mix things up here. Like the Bruins, when they're at their full strength, when they're playing at their highest ceiling, it's when David Krejci's entrenched in that second line spot. Like, yes, he's had a few lulls in scoring. He's fought through a little bit of injuries, but when he's out there in the second line anchoring that group um, and controlling the pace of play, setting up players, um, that's when the Bruins are at their best. So make no mistake about that. We're not talking about a in-season succession in terms of who's taking over the second-line role. But I think if you're the Bruins, you have to be very pleasantly surprised at what a guy like Pablo Zaga has provided this team. I mean, this is the guy that, when the Bruins traded for him, was viewed as a maybe a bit of a project. You didn't really know exactly what you had in him, but offered a lot of promise beyond just the the first round pick, the top 10 pick and those things. He seemed like a guy that just an unchanged scenery could give you 35, 45-ish points, right? Um, and a guy that could be kind of a, a versatile weapon up and down the lineup. And yes, he's been good in the third line in those spots. Uh, I think we spoke about it before with Zaka that a lot of his play along the boards, finer details, stuff that maybe doesn't get recognized, has been impressive, though. It's like, you know, may not even be accounting for a secondary assist, but he does little things that lead to a lot of really promising ozone chances. But, yeah, when he's been slotted up into that uh, top six role in place of Krejci, um, he's been money. I mean, I think it's been five games that Krejci has missed due to injury. And in every single one of those games where Zaka's taken over for him, he's recorded at least a point. I think it's six total points in five games. And it's not like he's getting... You know, just like, you know, give me, uh, you know, secondary assist or what have you. He's setting up guys. I mean, he had that great setup on forward school. Um, he's had a lot of really good plays, keeping the puck in, uh, fighting down low, just doing all those things that can contribute to a line, especially when, in Zaka's case, you have a guy like Jake Debrusque or Pasternak or Taylor Hall on his line. Like, he's, he's playing right with these guys, and they're helping elevate his play as well. But if you're the Bruins, you have to be thrilled. I mean, this is a guy that... In the best-case scenario, he's probably still in that third line, but wherever they put him, he's been very productive.
0: I mean, again, I just, you know, we, to me, coming into this season, and this kind of leads into our next discussion of, you know, do the Bruins regret not signing him long-term? Because, again, he's on a one-year deal. I still, even as good as he's been this year, I still come from the perspective of it's probably a better thing they didn't sign him long-term. Um, yes, he may get himself a... Very big payday at the end of this year, um, that would have been more than if he signed a long-term deal last offseason. But I think at the time, and maybe we shouldn't go off what we would have thought at the time, but I think if at the time they said, here's a five-year, what do you want to say? Like $25, $30 million deal, that would have been yes. a lot. Yes. But if they if that's what they did, we'd be sitting here going, Oh, you signed another, you know, borderline top six yeah yeah. probably a 3c or a three left wing for five five and a half million a year would kind of be like why'd you do that now again if he plays like this then it's worth it right and would say okay well that contract's worked out but i still think they've made the right move in saying we're gonna judge off of this year now again it could just be he's in a contract year that's you know part of the wheelings and dealings of these things um but i still don't i i I think it's still for the better that they didn't sign him long-term heading into this year because also... You are still tight against the cap,
1: <laughs> right?
0: That's another aspect is what is yours? What is your take on this?
1: Yeah, I think it's one of those ones where, you know, my insights 5050 in terms of because as you said, if the Bruins signed him to like five million dollars a year on a long
0: term, oh, Twitter people, would have exploded yeah, because, again, he
1: was one of those guys that when they traded for him, had promised people like, all right, new spot, you know, higher up in the line and maybe he'll do well. Maybe he'll be a guy that, again, I don't think people were expecting him to Break out for 60 plus points, but if he could be just a really useful middle six weapon, they'll take it. But for five million for a guy that hadn't proved that baseline before. And if you ask Devils fans on Twitter, it's like Ooh. this guy, yeah, I think we were talking about was before. robbing
0: banks. <laughs> yeah, of anyone
1: who is on this Bruins team, I feel like Zaka's one that gets the most pushback from like when you tweet about him. And it's not from Bruins fans, it's from it's literally from a, a spot where it's Devils fans talking about his, you know, past maybe underwhelming performances. But, I mean, so far, one, it's worked out well for the Bruins, but you couldn't really lock him into that deal. Now, if it was a five-year deal at, I don't know, 4.125, 4.4, something like that, maybe then you could find that happy medium. But, again, I don't think the Bruins were – I think Bruins on the list would rather have been like, all right, let's lock him in for one year, you know, kick that can down the road because we also have, you know, to fit in Bergeron and Krejci's contracts. We have to still deal with Pasternak, which is not resolved. Like, they were – far more important things I think on the to-do list but it does raise you know it brings up an interesting kind of conundrum when you look at this upcoming season because yes not a lot has changed in terms of still got to deal with Pasternak which again the price still goes up there you still have to worry about Bergeron and Krejci whether it's are they coming back if they are you still have to deal with that bonus overage money that even if they do come back you have to tack that on top of it not great and also now for Zaka it's one of those things where and I think it's a good problem to have here the Bruins where he's looked pretty good in the, in those top six roles for the first time in a while, you at least have some other piece that you can look to the future and be like, well, that could be an option. That's not to say that Zaka is David Krejci or he's going over an 82 game season, all of a sudden breakthrough and become a 65, 70 point scorer. We're not saying that, but at the very least, he gives you options there. If you're looking at that kind of bleak landscape and, both or maybe even one of Bergeron or Krejci retires next year, retaining a guy like Zaka stands as a pretty prudent move to at least keep some level of structure in place there without having to trade for Bo Horvat or you trade for Clayton Cowder or one of the many guys that I'm sure we'll talk about this offseason uh, if it comes to that. But um, that's the thing for, yeah. Zaka is a useful piece, and I'm sure the Bruins would like to keep him. But in terms of where their mindset and where their priorities were, especially uh, back in the summer, made sense that, you know, settle for a little bit of a pay bump when your deal, prove it, and accept the potential ramifications that come with it. And I wouldn't even call it ramifications, but it's a scenario they could have seen happening where he was, you know, putting himself in line for a nice payday, and hopefully the Bruins can uh, can meet it when they get to uh, free agency.
0: Safe bet. That when it comes time to pay Pavel Zaka, he will get paid. We're talking really safe bets. And by getting paid, I mean like a lot. I don't mean like there, you know, someone's gonna Someone pay. Will, Someone will
1: offer him a contract of employment.
0: There will be a contract sent to him at some point. Yes. We're talking really safe bets. We're talking about our good friends over at Bet Online. Right you
1: are, Evan. Listen up, guys. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Over at BetOnline, you can still find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, the latest fighting news, NFL bets, and yes, with the NHL back, even more wages and odds. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code CLNS50. Bet online with the game.
0: Stats. Stats. Where the game stats. Um, You hit on it a little bit there with Zaka as a potential 2C in the future, right? Like, he's not, I, I don't think Bruins fans are like, oh, that's the t- official 2C of the future, you know, right? But at the same time, I think there's a little solace in. If Bergeron and Crazy do retire, or if one of them retires, he at least fills a hole. You know, and I think like it's not, you know, oh, Stanley Cup is officially on with Pavel Zaka yeah. as a two C, but you can see it, right? Like it makes sense. Um, and the and the proof is there so far that it's been working. You know, and let's say, you know, next year it's I don't know, a second line of, you know, Hall Zaka and uh and and um and Pasternak, right? If Pasternak's yeah. still here. <laughs> that's a question. We'll see. Um, we'll see about that one. But if that's the second line and your first line is, you know, Marshan, insert center, and uh, DeBrusque, and that's again, if Bergeron or Krejci decide to retire, you know, you can find a way to get by with that. And, I, and we've talked about this a bit, like as long as they re-sign Pasternak, they have four very good top six wingers in Marshan, DeBrusque, Pasternak, and Hall um, that you can, that that can kind of elevate any center. We saw it with Eric Hollow last year. Now, um, are you Stanley Cup contenders with it? I don't know. That's going to be hard to tell. It's going to depend on, you know, how Zaka does the rest of the year and who's actually the number one center. But I still think that, you know, you can can make the playoffs at the very least with that, Um, which is why I don't think they're going to fully, you know, stink if Bergeron and Krejci do retire next year. But that is stuff that we'll get to later on this season. We're not going to jump too far ahead. Let's look towards this season. Um, They're rolling. Everything's working. And it's been that way since night one of the season. This is, this isn't even a hot streak anymore. This is just, everything is, is firing. It's December. We're recording December 15th. It's just, they're rolling. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like No one could have seen this coming. We've talked about this a thousand times. Nobody could have seen this coming, but is there an Achilles heel to this team that you see?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, I, don't, you know, I, I did my latest Q&A over at PSJ and a lot of the comments were getting positive. And as you said, there's not a whole lot to complain about, but I think it's just that inherent fear in Bruins fans of something going wrong down the road, right? Of Like they're going great but when they get to the playoffs. Like I think there's always that little like bubble of fear that's kind of just hanging in the back of your brain that you're worried is going to get uh, exposed at some point. I think for me, if you're looking at one ear, they need to like tighten up or they just need to get their ducks in a row, I think. It has to be the goaltending in terms of Jeremy Swayman. Like, Laney's homework's playing great right now, but if there's one person I think you need to get right, and there's very few that are in that kind of category. It's Swayman and... Greg Smith, really, right? Greg again, Smith's he, kind
0: of been noticeable, though, in the past couple of games yeah. he's been. He's done like, his job. He won't be in the lineup uh, against the Islanders, but I still think... Or not the Islanders, the Kings. Kings, yeah. But he's done... A, you know, I've noticed him, at least. I'll give him that. Yeah,
1: yeah. and so I think for, for Swayman, it's a, it's a spot where, yes, I, we, we've talked about this before, but um, Old Mark's playing great, is putting himself in contention for, for getting, you know, Vezina consideration. I think it would be well-deserved, um, but... Last thing you want to do is roll him out there, sixty plus, you know, games during the regular season, and him running out of gas. This is a guy that has been very good. You know, he's shown promise throughout his career, even when he was on some very bad teams in Buffalo. But the one thing that you don't really know about him is how much of a, a workhorse he can be in terms of when he gets to the grind of the postseason. This is a guy whose career high in games played was forty one last year with the Bruins. Like, this is not a guy that you want to have him be running on fumes by the time you get to April and May. Like we saw that. In years past, there so some very good Tampa teams where Vasilevsky plays a whole lot, runs out of gas. Doesn't mean he's not a good goalie. It's just you can't tax these guys to that extent, and especially a guy like Olmark, who hasn't really been pushed that much before. So I think for the Bruins, it's not always important to get Swingman right in terms of his own play and getting confident and being a guy that can give you kind of that you know, two-headed monster in net, um, which is what the Bruins are hopeful for. Um, And again, Swingland's a guy that even though there's been some rough games, firm games, you'd like to have a few goals back. It's not like he's regressing where what what you've seen, you know, in flashes in previous seasons is all but gone, right? Like he's just working through a few things as is the case with every young goalie. I think that is kind of learning the ropes up in the NHL and fighting through teams, getting the book on you and what have you, but, I think if you're the Bruins, it's all about getting swimming right, getting him playing confident, having him take on more uh, games down the stretch here, not only to you know have him playing at a high level, but also relieve some of the pressure on Omar, because I don't think it's a stretch to say right now, if the playoffs began, it'd be Omar going the whole way. <laughs> really? Yeah, and the last thing you, yeah, <laughs> you want to do is have him be in a spot where he's, uh, he's taxed or he's not playing at his highest level. And in order to do that, you need to give him a little bit of rest and ease up that workload down this kind of the dog days of the regular season.
0: I have the same one. I was going to say, if Omar starts to struggle, um, that's <laughs> going to be a real issue because Swayman has not found his, his grip yet. I will do something different though. We like to always alternate answers and I'd rather not say, just say, Oh, I agree. It's the same thing. Um, my Achilles heel and this is a little bit down the road, but uh, we mentioned it earlier, but Pasternak is still not resigned as of recording this. He is not resigned yet. Now, um, there doesn't seem to be any progress publicly, at least. There's been no real talk of it. Um what happens when you get to the trade deadline? Now, they're not trading him. But is there an argument to be made that, you know, if if he is going to leave in the offseason, which again, there's no indication that he will, but he's not signed yet. if the If the Bruins think, hey, there's a you know, some team's going to offer him a ton. You know, we can't really offer him a center of the future. He might leave, you know, is there going to be that talk of trading him? Now, they shouldn't trade him. You're trying to win a Stanley Cup this year. You're not, like, there's no superstar for superstar deal you can do that even matches it. Pasternak is your guy. I am not advocating for trading David Pasternak. That is, trading him would be so stupid. Like, crazy levels of dumb. But I am curious if there's any talk about that. You know, like, remember um, in the 2020 season, there was a little talk of, should the Bruins trade Krug? you know, get something mm-hmm. for him before he leaves in free agency. That was a little more sure that he probably wouldn't come back. Um, and that was even before COVID hit. Um, this is different, but I think also you look at Calgary and you see Goudreau kind of just walking away uh, and they didn't get anything for him. But again, that's part of the deal here. Yeah. If Poshrock delivers you a Stanley Cup and God forbid leaves in the off season, well, at least you got a Stanley Cup out of it, right? right. Um, and then on top of that, and this is more general, um, with the deadline, come, you know, with it coming up, uh, most likely, if they're going to go out and get people, even if it's just depth players, uh, they're going to have to do some salary cap work, Um, whether that's sending players away, waivers, whatever, uh, disrupting locker room chemistry. Um, that's something to think about. You know, again, that's not huge, you know, but again, I mean, they seem to be a pretty tight-knit group. They're playing for each other. Uh, they like their coach. If one of them gets dealt away for, you know, Just to to free up space if they went out and got like a Jonathan Taves or something like that, uh, which we'll get to again as the deadline gets closer and closer. We're not there yet. We're not going to sit here and discuss names of people that they could get. Um, I I don't know. It's something that I think could be an issue. I don't think it derails the season. Something to watch. Something to watch, which uh, always fun. Always fun to look for Achilles' heels, Connor. Isn't that fun?
1: It's like we have uh, like a nice like podcast. Like, oh, congrats on the new opportunity. Everywhere, keep on rolling. By the way, this team might be troll. <laughs> <laughs> we're keeping it rolling, Evan.
0: Posternak traded, Ghost, you know signs with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and that we're couldn't back happen, baby. Yeah. yeah, we're we're back in Missy. This isn't, form this isn't going away. <laughs> this isn't. Uh, anyways, Connor, uh, what can people look forward to from you? Uh, in your last like you know week or so at BSj.
1: Yeah, we're gonna keep the uh, content train rolling on. Uh, we're gonna still have all the uh, daily coverage over at BSj, whether it's game reports, columns uh some features q and a's all that stuff everything you can expect from uh the in-depth coverage we have here at boston so please subscribe at boston both this weekend even when i uh make my move onward please subscribe because a lot of people doing a lot of great work there as well um so please subscribe over at bsj if you want to follow me on twitter you can at connor ryan underscore 93
0: Go do all that. That's Connor Ryan, Evan Marinovsky. You poke the bear listeners. Have a great rest of your week.